We're finally tying a little bow on season one of The Office today. Hi, and welcome back to Belated Binge, The Office, the revenge podcast that doesn't take itself or the show too seriously. My name's Zach. I'm your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series that I nearly missed out on. Today, we'll recap season one. I'll give out my binges, if you will, for favorite episode, favorite character, favorite thing of the season, and of course, what I didn't like uh, as much, and some listener feedback that I received as well. Let's do it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we jump in, spoilers. Duh. Language. Maybe? Use earbuds as needed. Shout out to Alex and Katie of the Bonus Binge Squad. More on Patreon later in the episode. I've said this throughout our episodes covering The Office, but I can describe my feelings on the first season, particularly with this rewatch, pretty easily. I never really liked season one the first time I watched the series, or the first like four times I tried to watch the series might be more accurate uh, in that depiction, but I enjoyed it a lot more this time around and i think it's probably because i'm familiar with the characters at this point uh, i've only watched the series through front to back one time uh, i've seen some episodes like dispersed intermittently throughout my life uh, since then but as far as a full rewatch this is only my second time going for it and it's the first time that i'm watching the super fan editions of these episodes. But because it is a rewatch, I am familiar with the characters. I'm familiar with their general arcs that we see throughout the series, and I get the humor of the show. So now I can actually go back and appreciate the cringe, I guess, from some of the early episodes more than I did when I watched them the first time before I got it, you know. There's always that office like there is a little bit of a little bit of a thing with the office and its massive fan base and those that are like diehard office fans that are, you know, might have a little bit of you don't really get it, do you? kind of thing to them. Maybe I'm just projecting myself onto other people. That's possible. I still I enjoyed season one more than the first go round or any of my first attempts. Still don't love season one. Um, but, you know, it was far more enjoyable this time. My next point in my rewatch experience with season one is that my memory for this show is really bad. Every episode, when I did my super fan or super fraud segment, I felt basically clueless. If you're new, as I mentioned, I've only watched it through once and I've never seen the super fan episodes. So when I'm watching these super fan editions, I try to spot and pick out like what was extra, whatever like deleted scene got left in, if something seemed like it was extended, that kind of thing. And I'm pretty sure that I'm terrible at it. Just so 
bad at it. So bad, in fact, I'm probably the worst thing second to my last point in my just brief synopsis of season one, and that is Michael Scott. He's the worst. Season one Michael Scott is awful. Just awful. And that's pretty much it. It's a really short season, uh, apparently because the network wasn't sure if the show was actually going to last or if it was going to just go kaput. Where have I heard that before? Oh, the episode that I recorded with Juliana from Into the Fold and MuggleNet and a whole bunch of other things for the Harry Potter binge, we talked about Fantastic Beasts recently. If you didn't hear that episode, definitely worth listening to or watching if you are a YouTube viewer. But uh, she was the one who described Fantastic Beasts as going kaput. And I think I have now officially adopted it into my vocabulary unintentionally because I just said it. Anyways, The Office didn't end up going kaput, obviously. It became one of like the biggest streaming shows ever. So, uh, but way back when, in season one, the big wig executives, they were, uh, I guess, only green lighting a couple episodes at a time or something. Uh, and then I think it, it got picked up for uh, season two, I think, in spurts as well. Like, I think they, um, I'm not totally sure on this. I think I heard it on, ooh, I'm going to mess it up. 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 I listened to, I've listened to episodes of both Office Ladies as well as Off the Beat. Uh, both of those podcasts are hosted by, uh, participants in the cast of The Office. Office ladies are the actresses that play... Um, gosh, it's it's Jenna Fisher who plays Pam, and it's Angela Kinsley who plays... Well, Angela. And Off the Beat is hosted by Brian Bumgarner who plays Kevin, and I can't remember which one of them... I got that little tiny factoid from, and I don't remember which one of them I was listening to when I thought I remembered them saying something along the lines of season two was a bit of a slow roll as well um, until it did finally get picked up for an entire season uh, for season two. It's, it's honestly, it's hard to believe that this show went nine seasons and had like a second and maybe third life on streaming and gotten as huge as it is as it's gotten and yet uh it kind of almost didn't get past the first two four six episodes uh, it's it's kind of nuts kind of nuts but i am i'm looking forward to figuring out how to best dive into season two for the podcast which is a, a thought that i'll probably pick up later on in this episode um but I did think that in this little recap that we're doing, that since it was a very short season, I could just run through the episodes real quick and do some kind of like bingey awards, if you will. Uh, so the first episode is obviously the pilot. It's a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the UK version of the pilot. This is where we're obviously introduced to like the basic premise that this is a, a, a documentary in this company 
in a small town that sells paper. We're obviously introduced to our main characters, and this is where Jan comes to tell Michael that the company's downsizing, and that secret lasts, like, no time at all. It's immediately spread. Way to go, Pam. And then immediately confirmed, way to go, Michael. Uh, Not the most, what's the word? I don't know what the word is. Not the most locked down meetings that they're having at Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch. Um, And it doesn't take long into the first episode that you realize that this documentary is a mockumentary and this is going to get super silly. Uh, So that's, that's the pilot. That's episode one. Episode two is Diversity Day. This is the ultimate cringe episode. I think if you... I think if you were to scour the fandom for a um, consensus or or a poll, if you will, this one would be in the running for one of the cringiest of the series. I know that Scott's Tots is going to be on that list, and there are some others um, that we haven't gotten to yet in this particular re-binge, but we will. Probably in like six years at at, at this rate. But we will get to them, and um, and this one is this one is definitely going to be up there. They clearly wanted they wanted to run this episode early on to tell the world just exactly what this show is really about, and it's it does that. Uh, I've heard where did I hear this? Uh, this was another podcast I think that said this where they this was a fan podcast. Hmm, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to give proper credit to these things uh, without having them in my notes. But I believe it might have been somehow I manage podcast who did a, a rewatch uh, episode by episode podcast. I think it might have been them. Uh, but the I remember the hosts saying that when they introduced the office to somebody new, they send them to the um they send them back to diversity day because the thought process there is essentially if you can get through diversity day and the cringe, then you can watch the rest of the series and, uh, and, and really enjoy it. Um, but anyways, the gist of it is it's a, a diversity training seminar. It's conducted in the conference room because of a certain Chris Rock bit that Michael recited and made people very uncomfortable with. And in true Michael Scott fashion, he decided to follow it up with his own diversity training where he makes the employees of the office play a very, very racist game of heads up. And it pretty much ends in Kelly slapping the shit out of Michael for his imitation of a very crude Indian stereotype. So the cringe level is high, I guess, to reiterate my original point on that episode. Episode three is healthcare. Michael's informed that he needs to pick a new employee healthcare plan for the branch. He's absolutely stoked about it until Jan tells him that it has to be cheap. And therefore... Not good. And Michael doesn't like to deliver bad news, so he gets Dwight to pick the new healthcare plan. And that's the whole episode. Uh, Dwight being just drunk with power and completely unreasonable about choosing a healthcare plan, and he locks them into an awful plan, and Michael hides from the responsibility. 
And that is healthcare in a nutshell. Healthcare does have one of the best uh, Dwight quotes from the series, though, uh, or exchanges with Jim where and Pam, where he does the, uh, I can raise and lower my cholesterol on command. And they're like, why would you want to raise your cholesterol? So I can lower it. That exchange is quite enjoyable, and that comes from that episode. Episode four is the alliance. Dwight asks Jim to form an alliance. He thinks that that's somehow going to protect them from the company's downsizing. Jim and Pam spend the rest of the episode messing with Dwight under the guise of said alliance. And at some point, Dwight ends up hiding in a box in the warehouse to spy on a rumored other alliance meeting of some sort. Uh, And the episode ends with Roy walking in on Jim and Pam being a little too touchy-feely while they laugh about their successful partnership in the alliance hijinks. And that cringe level is pretty high, too, particularly that ending scene. Episode 5 is basketball. I'm going to give you two guesses on what they do in that episode. You got it. Pickleball tournament. Michael challenges the warehouse workers to a sales versus warehouse game of hoops, and the loser's supposed to come in and work on Saturday. Uh, it's the pretty much the worst played game of basketball potentially ever. Michael is as terrible as you imagine at basketball and thinks he's as great as, well, anyone ever in history. Seriously, some of the side... Uh, shots with Michael talking to the camera throughout that episode. They just are shockingly, shockingly difficult to watch. Um, Anyways, uh, things do get a little physical in the basketball game, particularly between Jim and Roy, uh, but Michael does catch an elbow and ends up calling off the game. The sales team wins, but Michael doesn't make anyone come into work on Saturday because eh, they're not going to stop downsizing anyway. And he's terribly afraid of the warehouse workers. The last episode of the season, that's right, last episode, because there's only six in season one, is Hot Girl. And this is the one where Michael lets a woman come post up in the conference room and sell purses to the employees. As the title suggests, the girl's attractive. She also has red hair. They end up referring to her as a hotter version of Pam. And after dodging shots from Dwight, Kevin, a full-on stalking situation from Michael, among, I I think that was all of them, uh, that hit on her, Jim actually ends up taking her out for drinks and then home after. And that's probably going exactly where you think it's going, but we don't get that on screen, and season two hasn't started yet. So that's it. Those are the six episodes that exist in season one of The Office. And like I said, not my favorite collection of Office episodes, maybe, but there is absolutely comedic gold scattered throughout these episodes, and it is way better on a rewatch, in my opinion. Um, But For me, I think that The Alliance is the best episode of season one. It has everything that I want from this show, uh, particularly in an early kind of introductory 
version or episode of the show. It's got Jim and Pam pranks just out the wazoo, and that is a that is a component of the show that I particularly gravitate towards. Um, I'm I'm here for the Jim and Pam with the romance stuff, I guess. Um, but that's not I don't that doesn't matter so much to me until like way later i think in uh in the series but i like i'm i'm here for it i like those two together but i particularly like their relationship within the office and what they mean with each other to be that like kind of that uh that yin and yang of just hijinks and just office fun levity you know bringing some joy to the episodes a lot of what makes this a mockumentary is is them it's not just the show isn't just michael being the idiot boss and dwight being the completely unrealistic oh my gosh like uh i'm not like ah kind of character um but these two are you believe that they could be real people that you know despite how little work they actually get done in the office but i i'm really here for i i I really enjoy that part of their relationship and of these episodes with when when it's a when it's a heavy jim and pam playing some jokes and tricks i'm probably going to be into that episode uh from here onward uh in the alliance dwight is also very ridiculous but he's not so obnoxious like this isn't one of those episodes where he's completely over the top um completely just unrealistic that you could even think that that's a real human being on the face of the planet granted i mean he's he's pretty much a a caricature throughout the series but in this in this episode he has his he has his quirkiness and his thing but he's not ridiculous um not ridiculously obnoxious anyways um, he is ridiculous because he's Dwight, but in the best Dwight ways. <laughs> uh, and Michael's kind of in the background a little bit in this episode, and I think that's something that I really like about it because I don't like season one Michael. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet on the podcast, perhaps. Um, but that's, I think, why I like it. And I was just talking about uh, Dwight, but I think and and how ridiculous he is but i think he's the standout character in season one um which is kind of surprising for me to say based on what i just said about how much i enjoy jim and pam um and particularly jim i really like jim's character on this series like he's just my kind of humor like the the sarcasm is right up my alley um but dwight in season one he's got plenty of like really annoying things that he does but they really showcase him in the middle of the series in ways that are, I think, really, really beneficial to uh, setting up that character to be, to ultimately become that like quirky, annoying, almost antagonist. If you're tuning in for and and, and into like the Jim and Pam side of things, you almost get to pick sides, right, in this show. But it, the stakes aren't very high. <laughs> Uh, and, and this, the Alliance episode, I think does a really good job with, or not just the Alliance episode, but, um, 
I really like him in the Alliance episode, but the full season of season one does a good job of, in setting up Dwight and giving you something to um, to look forward to. Like, what kind of nonsense is Dwight going to get into in this episode? Uh, and that's really fun. Uh, he's essentially the star of the show for uh, three and four, which are like right in the heart of the um, right in the heart of this season. Uh, and those are, uh, as a reminder, healthcare and the Alliance. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dwight in season one. And, um, I guess like (laughs) if my favorite episode is the Alliance and Dwight's the star of the Alliance episode, then I guess I gotta give the dude his due. Um, I think, I think though, and I I was talking about this a little bit when I was riffing just a, a few minutes ago, but I think my favorite thing about season one is the Jim and Pam Alliance. See what I did there? Anyway, uh, we haven't got to the point where it gets sort of annoying. The um, I mentioned like the romance part. I like I'm here for it, but I'm here for it later. Uh, the the will they won't they date thing is it gets it it drags out and it gets annoying at times. Um, right now it's all new though. Uh, so what we see is we have two like two people that we're introduced to that clearly have really good chemistry together and they make each other happy in really fun ways. And I think that's a, I I think that's a a really big bright spot to, um, especially to season one and to get this thing launched. Uh, And when your show's about selling paper, like you need funny stuff happening that isn't Michael's incompetence and Dwight's lunacy. And they're kind of the perfect balance. They're funny, but they're real. You believe they exist. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they, they do, they have their flaws, right? Uh, Jim does too much pranking, not enough working, but you can easily see that a toned down version of Jim could literally be somebody working in the cubicle right next to you. And Pam is kind of a perfect, like, uh, in the like pretty but modest and can't really stand being a receptionist but has no idea what else to do with her life like you feel like you you feel like you know this person she she feels like she's rooted in a a real human being that you would run into at starbucks or whatever like both of them they they just they they have that quality of believability to them that is missing from characters like Michael or like Dwight like they're they're a bit too over the top they'd be fired from any company immediately but the Jim and Pam stuff again it's it's over the top for the show but scale it back just a little bit and you you feel like you know them anyway so those are the things I like. Those are my those are my binges, if you will, for season one. That's the stuff that I enjoy the most from season one. What I don't like about season one is Michael, and that's basically the list. He's a he's a sleazy used car salesman, just like caricature, who he lacks the basic like he really lacks anything to really root for. Uh, it's a, just a, a stark contrast from the Michael Scott that we love from the series and who that character becomes. But that character just hasn't shown up yet. When he does flip from being this selfish sleaze bag to lovable goofball, that's when the show catapults into that conversation of like, 
is this the best comedic TV show of all time? I, I'm not saying it is. There are plenty that I haven't seen at all or haven't seen enough of to make a claim like that. Um, but it's in the conversation. And if Michael Scott stayed this season one version of Michael Scott, I don't think that becomes the case. That's just me. Uh, still, despite that, this re- rewatch has been fun so far. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying listening along with me as I rewatch these as well. Um, I want to share a little bit about what I'm struggling with personally with it uh, on this podcast. Um, I make these podcast episodes to essentially do two things. One, deep diving. I like to dig into like foreshadowing, theories, character development, and that sort of thing. Kind of, kind of the nuances, read between the lines of things, and 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 really nerd out over the series that I cover on this podcast. And the other thing that I like to do is make fun of stuff. I like to poke fun at silly plot holes and inconsistencies and dumb decisions made by characters and point out all the plot convenience and plot armor that gets thrown around and all the conveniences that are out there. Uh, and just my, it, it brings me a lot of joy. I've, I've said this probably on this podcast before, but I have many, many times in my life told somebody that I uh, started to get to know or whatever when they, when I felt like maybe they needed to understand my personality a little bit going in uh, and I didn't want them to think I was just a terrible person, I, I would tell them, if I'm not giving you shit, it means I don't like you. And that is how I treat this podcast and the series that I'm covering on the podcast. These are some of my favorite things to absorb for entertainment, but my kind of engagement and interaction with things that I like is sometimes making fun of it. Here's the struggle. To quote someone who commented on something that I posted on social media um, that you're going to hear probably in a little bit, The office isn't that deep. Not wrong. The show's not deep. Uh, This show is a comedy. A cringy, silly, over-the-top, mockumentary-style comedy. In a lot of ways, these are caricatures as much as they're meant to be characters. You're not supposed to take it seriously. And so you can't really make fun of it either. It's making fun of itself. So I find myself recapping the episodes and providing some super thorough analysis oftentimes like, this is funny. And uh, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm saying this to say that I'm, that I'm having a harder time getting my footing for the podcast with The Office as opposed to Harry Potter and Sons of Anarchy. Those two, I feel like, while I'm still evolving and and developing in a lot of ways, I feel like those two, I feel pretty comfortable in approaching them, and I feel pretty fulfilled in the content that I'm able to create with them, and I think it's just going to keep getting better as I go uh, with them, and as I continue to, you know, uh, weave in some, some new ideas and new concepts and stuff like that, they can 
uh, the the ball can continue rolling with those, and I feel like I can do that well. The office, I'm having a harder time with it because my what I do with the other two may not be as enjoyable here for uh, for you to listen to. So uh, I say that to say that I might be trying some different things in season two to just kind of find like find that find the footing a little bit for for the office and figure out how to be as entertaining for you on this rewatch podcast as I possibly can be. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with uh, with the office, and that's just a peek behind the curtain. Uh, so if you have ideas, if you have thoughts, if you have you know the the desire to participate uh, in in some way, shape, or form, fashion to the podcast, I would love to hear it. Um, there's a million ways that you can get a hold of me. Uh, I'll talk about one in just a second, but there are others. I would encourage you to check out the show notes for the podcast because there's links to many options uh, to get in touch with me, and I welcome uh, I, I welcome all of it. Before I do go, uh, I did want to share with you my favorite listener feedback from the Let's Rewrite the Office questions from Season 1. Uh, and for this, it doesn't even matter what episode it comes from because these two responses pretty much perfectly sum up any question I could have possibly asked in this particular segment. Um, but they did come from uh, my question from Episode 4, uh, which... I don't even remember what that was at this very moment, and it's not written down in my notes, but over here on my phone, I can see the responses that I got, which are covering up the question, uh, both on TikTok is where these come from. Uh, Samaconda, I think I'm saying that correctly, said Michael would do something overboard, then do something that would get a normal person fired and offer Ryan a full-time position. Does it matter what question I asked? That's pretty much the answer, right? <laughs> For every episode, Michael's going to do something overboard, and that something would definitely get a normal person fired, and he would offer Ryan a full-time position because that's like his main goal in life is to get Ryan uh, a full-time position. He just wants to always work with Ryan, and that's pretty much it. And the uh, the other comment is on that same exact uh situation and that's where i got the uh the office ain't that deep bro so both of those do sum up uh that style of uh of analysis for this season of the office um and maybe that's uh, a piece of the of the podcast that gets a, a little bit of a tweak or a revisit for uh, for season two. But for now, I want to know what you like about season one of The Office. Uh, I want to know what your favorite character, your favorite episode, and your favorite thing or theme from season one is. And you can let me know by leaving a voicemail with your thoughts. Just click on the leave a voicemail icon on my website, belatedbinge.com. And I think that sufficiently wraps up season one of The Office. I am looking forward to season two. And whatever I come up with to try to um, make it as enjoyable to, to listen to me or watch me, um, re-watch it um, along with you. So, yeah, let's do this. It's going to be fun. Uh, if you are so inclined um, and you haven't done so already, 
uh, and you're looking forward to moving forward in this relationship that we have here, um, make sure you're subscribed or following the podcast, whether that be on YouTube or podcast apps, literally everywhere. Uh, consider becoming a patron, if you would, uh, patreon.com. Uh, lots of cool perks, including you know shout outs in every episode, early access to episodes, bonus episodes. Um, currently, I am sharing some like fan fiction that I wrote uh, as a sequel to Sons of Anarchy. I'm doing like 11 chapters uh, in a like audiobook format style that I'm releasing on Patreon as soon as I get them uh, get them read and edited and churned out. They're available there as well as you know all the other bonus episodes that I've done for uh, any three of the binges that I have going on at this moment. And make sure to tell all your friends how cool they'd be too if they. We're listening, we're watching Belated Binge, The Office.